0: Radio Drome. It's Radio Drome episode 22. I am Josh, and as always, or I shouldn't say as always because he tends to get sick or go to nerd conventions often, is Brad Jones.
1: Always, sometimes, part of the times You forgot about when I got food poisoning.
0: I actually... 95- well, and you can hear Jared's here too.
2: Yeah, hi. <laughs> I was going to say 95% of the time he's here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah.
0: Well, Brad, if you if you ever go to my website, and I know you don't, I just put up the episode with 42nd Street Pete when you had food poisoning and he filled in. And the way yeah. I wrote it was, Brad Jones nearly dies from eating at Mr. Egg Roll, and 42nd Street Pete fills in while Brad is going into the light.
1: We'll only go to Mr. Egg Roll eight more times before I give up on it. It's amazing how long that place has has been there, because it's always been notorious for being... <laughs> sick inducing <laughs> it,
2: it honestly every time i drive past it, it 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 looks ran down like it hasn't like like it's not you know It, it it's, it's
1: looked like that since the 80s <laughs> we, we so, used to
0: have in, in sturgeon bay here we used to have a mexican place i think it was Ta- yeah. taco john's that was like nobody went there because they had cockroach problems and i I know the health inspector shut them down at one point and then the next day there was people in the drive through again and i was like they yeah. just got shut down by the health inspector and reopened. Do you really expect the food to be good or healthy? <laughs>
1: for uh, for restaurants and places that serve, because like, I know there's some places that will serve like asako and stuff like that, for places that serve that, do they get in trouble if the health inspector sees a grasshopper hopping around?
0: Remember uh, grumpier old men when they've had the, the guinea pig on the leash they tried to release in the Italian <laughs> restaurant? I'm sure, yeah, sure somebody does. Well, you know what's really funny, us talking about this, is I just caught the Hill Street Blues episode, Bangladesh Slowly. The other day, uh-huh. where it turns out all the cops go to this new uh, Indian restaurant and all the neighborhood cats, they find all these collars in the back. Oh. Yeah.
1: <laughs> oh, man. Well, be be- still be better than Mr. Egg Roll.
0: I wanted to mention, I I, I forgot to mention this last week, Brad. When, uh. when you were talking about, like, the Heil Honey episode, and you brought up public morals. Yeah. I have all 13 of those. They nice. shot 13, even though only one aired. And, yeah,
1: uh, I, I I saw I I just saw the one that aired. I watched the one that that aired because John Irwin from NYPD Blue. I liked John all right, so I was like, um, okay, well, all right, I guess I'll watch an episode of this. How bad could it possibly be? And it was pretty it, bad. Uh, yeah, it was it was a a sitcom, right?
0: Oh yeah, straight out laugh track, fake sets. It was not NYPD Blue as a comedy like it was sold as.
1: Yeah, it's just so weird that has that happened very often. Where you have a uh, a character from a drama from a from a straight drama that's put that's put onto a, a sitcom. Like I know there was like a, the opposite with like Lou Grant, right? But Mar-
0: Mary Tyler Moore being a sitcom spinning off a drama. Yeah, I can't think of two. Um, yes, I can. Maybe not a sitcom, but Beverly Hills Bunce from Hill Street Blues. Oh,
1: Bunce, yeah, yeah, that was that had. Had a little bit more comedy in it than than Hill Street, but
0: I'd still call that a dramedy, though. There was still a lot of the Hill Street
1: influence on that. I agree with that, yeah. I mean it didn't it didn't have a laugh track or anything like that, right?
0: But I I don't think that happens too often. Usually the shows stay in their same area. I do know, and I don't know if it was ever shot. But the, remember when the practice ended? I, I know you said you watched the Spader season, which would have been the final season. Yeah, yeah. Do you remember in the very final episode, Cameron Mannheim's character, Eleanor Frutt, she uh, quit the firm to go spend time with her daughter?
1: Oh, yeah, uh-huh.
0: David E. Kelly said he proposed spinning her off into a sitcom about her as an, <laughs> as an ex-sleazy lawyer trying to raise her daughter in Boston.
1: Interesting.
0: I think that would have been an interesting idea. I would have watched that, actually.
1: I would have given at least the pilot a watch, you know. I, I at least would have done that. Uh, I, I was a huge fan of Boston Legal. That was a spinoff that I really liked.
0: I, I actually wouldn't even call that a spinoff. I'd call I call it
1: Well, a, at least a spinoff from the final season.
0: Because you get some... I, I, I make this weird distinction with TV shows. There are spinoffs and there are continuations. Like, uh-huh. Joey is not a spinoff of Friends. It's a continuation of Friends. It came afterwards and continued the adventures of this character.
1: Where so like Do you think a like, you think a spin-off a spin-off only happens when the show the original show is is still going? Yeah,
3: like, yeah, um, like
0: um Archie um, Bunker's Place. Archie Bunker's That's Place. a continuation yeah. of All in the Family. The Jeffersons yeah. is a spin-off.
1: The Ropers. So I uh, um, I I don't know if I necessarily have that narrow of an opinion. I I think it could. I think you just because you call one a continuation doesn't mean you can't call it a spinoff. I mean, but in um, some
0: in some ways, yes, because like Archie Bunker's Place continued uh the production code numbering from All in the Family.
1: Okay, I agree with that. I I, so it it was pretty much
0: yeah, it was pretty much the same show. They just changed titles.
1: Yeah, that that I I I agree with that. I I do agree with that. I have no problem calling Joey a (laughs) spinoff.
0: I'm just saying to me, if it had t- if they had gotten rid of Joey and say he wasn't in the final season of Friends and he got his own show, that to me would have been a spin off.
1: Sure, sure, well, sure, like, yeah.
0: I've heard people call like uh, Deep Space Nine a spin off of spin off of Next Generation for Star uh-huh. Trek and I go, No I mean, yeah, they had a couple of characters in common. It was a totally different show and it did not spin off any of the events yeah. of next generation. Uh-huh. It was just another show in the franchise. There's a difference there, in my opinion.
2: Well now, yeah, so not, I, okay. I was gonna say not many people know this. The game report is a spin off of the cinema snob. <laughs> I'm I'm just kidding. <laughs>
0: I love I love Brad's it is.
2: <laughs> it is? <laughs> See, not many people know this, not even Brad. Including Brad. <laughs> I, for, I forgot
1: that. I forgot that. Jared from the Game Report was—you started out as the Cinema Snob's crotchety landlord.
0: <laughs> Thankfully, you cut all those scenes, huh? <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, '80s Dan, could, '80s Dan could be considered a spin off of the Cinema Snob. Yeah, there yeah, you go. I could see that <laughs> characters from it. '80s Dan first showed up on the Snob, and so did the Travis Crabtree character.
3: Yeah,
0: you, yeah. You, you know who would be a great guest spot on 80s Dan? Vic from the Big Box. <laughs>
1: I, I think Vic would
0: that. be fun. Vic would be interesting. Yeah,
1: I might. I might.
0: <laughs> and um, I, I watched something this week that it's a movie that I, I love. And I, and I know, Brad, you've told me you love this movie too. And, Jared, since you have kind of a stranger movie taste, I'm not trying to be demeaning, but I don't know, you know how well-versed you are in this film. But something always sat wrong with me in The Road Warrior. I never quite was able to pinpoint it, and now I swear there's got to be a deleted scene out there that nobody's seen. Yeah. The dog. In the beginning of the film, the dog is clearly almost an I Am Legend-style friend. You know what I mean? And when they capture him after the guy he makes the deal with dies, they try and Uh take the dog, and he fights tooth and nail for the dog. He clearly loves the dog. Yet Uh then when Wes kills the dog, it's like, eh, dog's dead, okay, move on. That never sat right with me. There's got to be something they clearly built up that he loves this dog and then just uh, whatever it's dead move on it just always bothered me
1: yeah thinking about it again I can see that thinking about it again I can I can I can certainly see that that's that's one of those where uh whenever that happens it's like ah oh. I don't want to see the dog get killed again. So I guess I never really thought too—I n- I never really thought too terribly hard about that. But I—I I can see that.
0: But I was just watching it last night, and that just kind of got to me. That why isn't he grieving for the dog? I mean, I realize there's other big things happening to him at that point. The dog was a big part of his life up to that movie, or up to that point in the movie.
1: It could have been a oh man, I just gotta—I I need to keep my head in the game for this moment situation, you know, and then grieve about it later.
0: Maybe it's still like I said, or like you said, it it really did bother me when the dog got shot.
1: Yeah, especially knowing
0: like that movies at that time didn't exactly take animal safety into consideration when shooting scenes like that.
1: I don't like it when I don't like it when the animals get killed in movies.
0: No, not at all. Just brings the *Cannibal Apocalypse* the beginning of that. Boom. Hate yeah. that. Just I don't know. Like I said, I was watching *The Road Warrior*, and that always bothered me. And speaking yeah. of *The Road Warrior*, that movie does something that very few sequels are able to do. You don't have to have seen the first film, and in fact, the movie almost works better if you haven't seen Mad Max.
1: I saw I saw them in order. I saw, I saw all three of them in order, but I agree with that. It, it really is... Uh, you know, I can kind of say the same about... Even the third one, even though I don't really like the third one all that much...
0: First 45 um, minutes are good.
1: Yeah, yeah, I yeah I agree with that. I can also say the same thing about the third one, really, um, but definitely the second one. The, the tone, or at least the feel, the look and feel of the first one and the second one are completely different. They almost take place in two completely different worlds, although I, I do love them both. I love the first one, and I love the second one.
0: See, The thing to me is, I saw the Road Warrior when it first came out in, uh, on cable. You've got to remember, Mad Max had not been released in America yet, which is why yeah. everywhere else in the world the Road Warrior was called Mad Max 2.
3: Yeah. Except yeah. for
0: America and Canada, we got it as the Road Warrior because we hadn't gotten the first film, so you're not going to go see a sequel to a film you've never heard of before, are you?
1: Yeah, right. <laughs> so, Which is
0: why I didn't even know until years later when I saw Mad Max on cable, I mean probably four or five years later, that yeah. that was the first film that came before the Road Warrior. I'm like, holy crap. And, and, then, and then all of a sudden I'm like, oh, that explains why his leg's in the leg brace. That explains why the sleeve's missing off his jacket. Okay.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it explains
0: the little uh, touches that Miller has in Road Warrior. I thought they uh, were just aesthetic touches, and then I find out, no, they're there for a reason. Cool.
1: Yeah, because it's a sequel. Right. <laughs> the first time I saw the Road Warrior, I rented it, and we had uh, the uh, Warner Brothers clamshell Case for
0: it. Oh, so you didn't see it till the '90s, huh? Uh,
1: no, this was uh, this was the late '80s.
0: Okay, because I've got that clamshell—the one with the Leonard Maltin opening.
1: No, 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 no. Okay. This is like this is like uh, the when Warner Brothers first started putting out VHSs.
0: Oh, okay, because I've got a I've got a clamshell from Warner Brothers on that that has deleted scenes, a making of, and a Leonard Maltin intro. Uh,
1: I'm talking about like the the, the very early mid '80s looking uh, black flimsy plastic uh, clamshells, like that copy of the Ritz that I have.
0: And then, what about the third one? How did you see that?
1: I guess I rented it. Um, My
0: mom took me to see that one in the theater. I was ten at the time. So I saw that one in the theater.
1: I didn't see any of them in the theater.
0: See, I'm trying to think,
2: but I I don't think I ever saw um, any of the Road Warriors. None? I, I don't think I did. Is... Is it the one? Is that the one where the dude has a um, a big rig, but the uh, but it also converts to a helicopter? Like like the cab of the big rig converts to a
3: helicopter?
0: No, yep. you are yep. way off, man.
2: Yeah, what God. am I thinking of? Thinking of Gobots? <laughs> no,
0: <laughs> no mask. No. Mask Crusaders.
2: Show or something. I can't remember if it was a movie or a show,
1: but it was like a live action show.
0: The Highwayman? Is he thinking of The Highwayman with Sam Jones?
1: Road Warrior Jared is just walk away from the gasoline.
0: Just walk away. (laughs)
1: Lord
0: Humongous.
1: uh, I guess I
2: haven't seen it. I mean, I I even remember the. um, the episode of South Park, whenever they're they're talking about farts versus queefs, and she goes, "Well, that's all fine and good, but we have the Road Warrior.
3: Yeah. <laughs> we go in and we kill. <laughs> you have defied me." <laughs> and the
2: and the the, and the, uh, the headline on the paper the next day, <laughs> Queefs banned Road Warrior says it all.
1: <laughs> well, at least. You have seen both the Kung Fu Panda movies. Oh, God. Oh God.
0: <laughs> well, Brad, you want to you want to see something kind of funny, and Jared, since huh. you since Jared hasn't seen the movie, this won't, will be kind of lost on him, unfortunately. Go YouTube the trailer for R- Road Warrior, although it'll be under the title Mad Max Two, and tell me if you notice a big difference with the Humongous. Yeah, totally different voice. His, oh, his voice yeah, in the I, movie well, uh, is overdubbed. I, I...
1: I've seen that happen a couple of times. Uh, if you look at the trailer for the Terminator, um, the cop who Kyle Reese happens upon, uh, where he's the, the, the date, the date, the cop's uh, voice was dubbed in the final movie. Same in the with trailer.
0: Uh, Predator two, the uh, the the corner. the one that was like, yeah. it has almost no weight, you know, but it cuts huh. like steel. Her voice is totally. Her voice is. American in the trailer and she has a thick accent in the movie
1: there's a, a, a spot in the trailer for Goldfinger where uh, Gert Frobe's voice hadn't been dubbed in yet
0: the one, the one did that too Jet, yeah. Jet Lee, even though he's saying the same dialogue, it's all clearly from different takes whether it was you uh-huh. know, overdubbed takes or they just used the audio from other filmed takes, but it's, yeah. it's totally different takes when he's talking to uh, Delroy Lindo in the trailer for the one than one in the movie,
1: and I yeah. hate when they do that. I, I've seen that before, where they use alternate takes. Like I remember, like uh, pretty much uh, 60 70 percent of the trailer for uh, Dumb and Dumber was alternate takes or deleted scenes.
0: The f- the first real trailer for Alien Three, not that stupid teaser one where they where they actually claim it's set on Earth. Yeah, but watch the first real with footage trailer of Alien Three. 75% of that trailer is all things that are not in the final theatrical cut of the movie. Almost that whole trailer is not in the film.
1: Oh, that was this, um... The Warrior's Way was like that, because I went to go see The Warrior's Way and was pissed off. One, it was a terrible movie. Most of the, the dialogue from the trailer is not in the movie, especially the line that they tried selling the movie on, where Jeffrey Rush says, Ninjas, damn not in the freaking movie.
0: Well, look at uh, 2001. Everyone remembers that movie being, you know, ending with, "My god, it's full of stars." That's not in the film. It's yeah. that's in the book. It's in the trailer cuz they shot it. It's in the book, it's in yeah. the trailer, and they actually use it during the flashback sequence of 2010, but it's not actually in
2: 2001. <laughs> Kung Fu Panda 2 is actually Guilty of the same thing. Um, I don't know if you guys seen the trailer, but whenever she's like, "Beware the signs," and he's, you know, hitting, he's getting hit in the head with uh, the signs as they as they roll down a hill on the rickshaw. Yeah, that's that's not in there.
0: The other thing I hate, since we're bitching about trailers, is when they make it look like two totally separate things are together. Like you'll see a scene in an action trailer where a guy fires a rocket launcher, and then you'll see a scene immediately following that where a building explodes. And it makes it yeah. look like the guy shot the rocket launcher into the building. But yeah. those are actually two separate events that are completely unconnected in the film. <laughs> I hate that.
2: Well, and what I hate is whenever the uh, trailers are too vague. You know, um, I've actually uh, kept myself from seeing a lot of good movies because, you know, I, I don't really see the trailers that they show in the theater. I see the trailers that they show on TV and they're always so vague it's 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 like whenever uh, Brad Brad and I went to go see uh Drive Angry seeing the trailer that that was aired on TV for Drive Angry I thought wow this looks like total shit and and Brad was like no 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 you you got to come and see this. this this movie is really good it's it's really fun so I go to see it and and sure enough I had a good time and it it is just like now, if only they could make trailers the way they did back in the day, whenever, whenever there was like, you know, um, in a world where this guy <laughs> tells you about the movie you're going to go see.
0: Scott and I did a complete episode on the difference between movie trailers today and in the past of Lost in the Static. You guys should go check it out under the jackaloperadio.com archives. Mm-hmm. Like, like you were saying about Drive Angry. Now maybe I just wasn't paying attention to the TV spots, but until uh-huh. I saw Brad's review, I had no idea it had anything to do with the supernatural. I thought it was just like a crazy Fast and the Furious Gone in Sixty right. Seconds style car movie, and then I find I out from Brad that there's the it's devil crazy. and demons, and I'm like, what the hell? Right. I would have gone to see right. That's
2: that. What I'm yeah, you know, you 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 see on on TV, there's just they're just car chases. Gun explosions and slow-motion bullets flying past the dude's face, and it's and it's like, what exactly is this?
1: <laughs> well, the the theatrical trailer, the theatrical trailer for it shows you all of that. They show you exactly what the movie's about. I only the saw TV, TV spots. Trailers,
0: TV right, trailers, that's that's my point.
2: They,
1: well, they, hang on, he, hang on, hang on. The TV trailers. Not so much. There were a couple of TV trailers for it that had the announcer go like, like, he drove out of hell to rescue his granddaughter, something like that. But, um, yeah, most most TV spots, TV trailers, anymore, yeah, they, they don't show you anything.
0: And it's really annoying because I would have gone probably at least bootlegged Drive Angry. Now yeah. I've got to wait till video. Because by the time I found out it was cool, it had already left my theater.
1: Oh, I saw it. It was, it was only in our theaters for like two weeks, I think, and I saw it twice. I don't think <laughs>
0: it did very well in the box
1: office. It, it, it didn't do well at all, unfortunately, which that's sad.
0: But, I mean, you want, you want a good contrast between trailers, and this is like what we talked about in the Lost in Static episode. Go look at the trailer for One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Yeah. That would oh, okay. never fly to—I mean, it's a good trailer. Great movie, yeah. but that would never fly to a modern audience. It's too slow. There's too many character scenes. There's not all those constant either white or f- black fade outs every four yeah. f- frames that the trailers we, seem to love. Which older
1: o- trailers, older trailers from the 60s and 70s would sometimes would be very guilty of spoiling the entire movie.
0: 90s as well. That they, they didn't stop doing. I remember uh, what lies beneath. They well, they ruined the, the whole plot twist right in the trailer.
1: That was all Zemeckis, because Robert Zemeckis likes doing that. He likes spoiling the entire movie in his trailer. He did the same thing for Cast Away. Uh, the, one, the one that I can think of that really pissed me off was the trailer for Snake Eyes. The Nicholas um, Cage
0: one? I haven't seen yeah. that.
1: The trailer get... for Snake Eyes. This is a movie that's built around having a lot of different twists, turns, reveals, and whatnot. The trailer for it gave away every single one of them, except, except for the reveal on who the bad guy was, which was the most obvious freaking thing in the movie. So they might as well have given that away, too. The rest of the stuff I might have been kind of surprised about. But not that. I could tell <laughs> going in who was going to be the bad guy. Well, another great uh, but... thing
0: about old trailers, nudity. Yeah, look, yeah. At, look at trailers for, like, Humanoids from the Deep and, and any 70s exploitation film. They all oh, yeah. show boobs. Yeah. You can't do that anymore.
1: Oh, yeah. Look at the trailer for, like, House on the Edge of the Park. <laughs>
0: yeah, you, you can't do trailers like that anymore. I remember, you remember when they re-released The Exorcist? Not that st- Maybe it was that stupid version you've never seen before. The trailer, uh-huh. the first trailer they put out was actually banned by the MPAA. They refused to clear it because it was too scary. Yeah. And nobody's ever seen it. It was too
1: scary. Oh, man. That's well, ridiculous. The, the, we, <laughs> the trailer for uh, for Jack's Back is kind of funny, because the trailer for Jack's Back makes it look like it's about James Spader as a serial killer.
0: I, I saw one... That it just completely snowed you. It was basically a trailer for a, total, uh, you know, a movie that didn't exist and then at the yeah. end one of the characters from the actual movie comes in and pushes the frame out. Nah, we're not going to be showing you any of that. You know, Just go see our movie. Uh-huh. And I thought That's that was a really good fake out. It was some obscure 80's movie. Might have been Penn and Teller Get Killed. Oh, I, can't, okay. I can't remember I might be wrong on that because I know some fans will call me on that.
1: The Muppets trailer kind of does something like that. The new
0: one? Yeah, I haven't seen that. I I hate that the the guy that's doing that, the uh, Sandberg or whatever his name is. No, 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 Jason Siegel. Siegel. I I hate that guy. He.
1: Oh, I like Jason Siegel. I like oh, Jason Siegel a lot.
2: Josh, is that a man on, crush now. for you, Jared? Not really my man crush, but he. Yeah,
1: I I think Jason Siegel's really cool. Talented. I think he's an incredibly talented guy.
2: Oh yeah, and and he's just he's just the type of guy that I, I mean. He, he, you know, I love you, man, and How I Met Your Mother, and uh, just every single movie that I see him in.
1: He's a, he's a damn good comedic actor. Unfortunately, he gets cast in some crap, but beyond that, he's a really freaking good songwriter too.
0: Well, I'm not familiar with his songs at all. No, that, neither am I.
1: Forgetting Forgetting Sarah Marshall. Uh, uh, he wrote all the song. He wrote all of the songs in uh, Get Him to the Greek.
0: See, get him to the Greek is I I I haven't seen the full movie. I've seen parts of it, and I hated it. And there's
1: oh, that shocks the hell out of me.
0: <laughs> there's <laughs> and, and that actually is a perfect segue into the next thing I wanted to talk about. Why does Jonah Hill have a career?
1: I like Jonah Hill.
0: I can't stand <laughs> Jonah Hill. And I and I I just read an interview with him. I think it was Entertainment Weekly. I might be wrong. You know, he's doing Twenty One Jump Street, the movie. Uh, oh god! Sl- slapstick comedy. <laughs> He said, the whole movie's okay. making fun of the old show. And I'm going, yeah. I hate you. I hate you. Why can't they remake these old shows into movies and do it seriously? Why do they got to do this Starsky really and liked, Hutch?
1: I really like the Miami Vice movie.
0: See, I haven't seen that, but I've heard that that was at least done seriously. I've also heard it wasn't it's very good. done but... very
1: seriously. Um, but, I really like that movie. I agree. With Taking Jonah Hill out of that, because I actually like Jonah Hill. And Channing Tatum, who I, I know want, you're a big fan on, of. It doesn't mean that I that doesn't mean that I want to see him do 21 jump Street as a slapstick comedy um, I like I like him in super bad I he's good in some other stuff too but um yeah I'm the same way with you on that I don't like it when stuff like that happens I, the green Hornet I couldn't stand the green Hornet and I like Seth Rogan I like Seth Rogan just fine but I don't like when they take stuff like that and make slapstick comedy out of it
0: thankfully too we didn't get that fell apart that they were going to do the same thing with was Jim Carrey's $6 million man. It was basically yeah. supposed to be Inspector Gadget. That $6 million <laughs> doesn't buy what it used to, and all his all his <laughs> gadgets didn't work properly. So it's like, okay, so you're making Inspector Gadget the movie with Jim Carrey, okay? And the Cagney and Lacey one, they wanted to turn them into man-hating lesbians. Be- <laughs> because, the, because the original show was very pro-feminist, so let's uh, take that to a ridiculous degree, because that's funny! No, it isn't.
1: Uh, they were, were the, they were going to put Jack Black in the Green Lantern.
0: Yeah, I heard about that. That's just... That's, yeah. <laughs> Although, Nicolas Cage as Superman probably would have been worth. I know you're a big Cage fan, but that would have been horrible.
1: I'm a, I'm a huge Cage fan. Um, I would prefer to see him as a villain in a Superman movie than to play Superman.
0: Uh, did you see the costume from the John Peter's Superman it, train wreck?
1: It doesn't even look like like I know Tim Burton was signed on to it at that point, but that doesn't even look like a Tim. Bur- it looked, <laughs> it looks
0: like a nineties clubbing co- costume.
1: It made all the, all those costumes look like uh, they like it would be Joel Schumacher's version. Oh.
0: and then and then he was supposed to have no cape because yeah. and, and this is John Peter's word: flying is faggy. Yeah,
3: that's the way what? he worded it.
0: He didn't want Superman to fly. He wanted to have seriously a sidekick dog, because you could huh. sell toys with that. And there was supposed to be a sassy gay robot in the movie. And he wanted oh, he man. wanted Brainiac. I swear to God, to fight polar bears
1: at the Fortress of Solitude. Solitude yeah, it was going to end with a giant, giant spider. spider. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs>
2: we're
0: not we're not screwing with you, Jared. We're not we're not screwing with you, Jared.
2: No, 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 you said giant spider, and I knew exactly what you're talking about now.
0: <laughs> yeah, he went and made Wild Wild West a couple of years later.
2: Exactly.
1: Um, <laughs> uh, and, I saw uh, an uh, with
2: Kevin Smith. <laughs> yes.
1: Yeah, exactly. Kevin Smith tells a great story about that whole thing, and how uh, John Peters wanted, uh, John Peters originally wanted Sean Penn for Superman. <laughs> and he's all like spiders are the most deadliest creature in the animal kingdom.
0: <laughs> How did somebody that stupid and that ignorant on filmmaking prowess get as much power as John Peters seemed to have at that point to be able to do he had carte Blanche. Uh-huh. And he didn't seem to know anything about filmmaking.
1: I I don't know. It's sort of like I said I mean like I I chalk it up to uh I mean he denied that rumor about him being started starting at a Streisand's hairdresser, but I I chalk it up to him just probably having a lot of very powerful friends.
0: <laughs> but but you, yeah. you, somebody's got to call him on um Mr. Peters. That's a really stupid idea and people will walk out of the theater if you do this stupid thing.
1: Well, you know, I mean that's that's just a very powerful that's just yeah, a very yeah, powerful yeah. action producer for you.
0: I just I don't know. I I, I know this is gonna sound weird, but I I just don't get how Hollywood actually works. I mean, I understand the sleazies, I understand how it works, but the higher functions of my brain go, how does any of these people have the power that they have? It seems all the people that are in charge don't know anything.
1: Hey, the, yeah. the action movies haven't been the action movies haven't been the same since Don Simpson passed away. <laughs>
0: Well, you've heard that story from Harlan Ellison about when they were trying to, him and Roddenberry were trying to write the script for Star Trek, the motion picture. They were going into Paramount, and the Paramount executive, who, by the way, admitted he'd never even seen Star Trek before, it was yeah. just, he knew it was popular, so let's do this. And yeah. he kept saying, we, we need something bigger. So, like, okay, we had one where it goes back to the beginning of time. No, 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 we need bigger. We need bigger. Ellison goes, in one of them, we blew up the entire universe, and he goes, can you make it bigger? Uh huh. And you just go, Are you even listening to me? You know, and then at one point, after they blew up the universe, he was giving him script notes and said, You know, I was just reading about the Aztecs. Is there a way you can work Aztecs into this? Uh. And Ellison said it was everything he could do to not leap across the table and beat this guy to death with a shoehorn. Why Why do these people have the power that they have?
1: They got money and a couple of hits and a couple of hits behind them.
0: But it's just it's asinine when you know again with Ellison when he wrote his script for iRobot, which by the way won numerous awards. The script for the movie that never got made, his version. He was when they kept giving him notes. He actually asked the executive, "Well, what about this and this and this?" And the guy's like, "Yeah, we could do this and this." And he goes, "I just made up the stuff. I asked you. You've never even read the script, have you?" And he goes. Well, I had people read it for me and they gave me a one paragraph gist of it and I didn't like what I read what, like what I read from them. These people That's... don't even read the scripts themselves. They have script readers that boil it all down to four sentences and then those
1: executives read that. That was one of my friend uh Ryan's job when he worked out in uh when he worked out in California for a bit was script reader was, reading, script reader. was yeah, was he was a script reader. <laughs>
0: Oh, I oh, I I just feel I so just low, feel low on the totem low, pole the for that. Pole. I, I'd feel I'd dirty feel from dirty myself.
1: From- <laughs> well, what was the uh, one of the other uh, scripts that Kevin Smith said that he uh, got offered to kind of script doctor, which was Beetlejuice goes Hawaiian.
0: Oh my god. <laughs>
1: That actually sounds like a Simpsons
0: movie, you know, like the, that the Simpsons would have rented, one of the parodies like, that they would Muppets have had. Go
1: medieval. Like <laughs> Muppets Go Medieval.
0: Who's that leather muppet? Leather that's Troy McClure. Yeah. <laughs> He's that leather muppet.
2: Hello, I'm Troy McClure.
0: You may remember me <laughs> from such films as I can't even remember all the such films as, but it, it's yeah. still the I still love the Planet of the Apes uh, musical. I hate every ape I see, from chimpan A to (laughs) chimpan (laughs) Z. So bad, and brilliant at the same time. But speaking of people that shouldn't have careers, (laughs) I mistakenly, accidentally watched two movies this last week with Richard Lewis in them. How did this? What movies
1: did you watch with Richard Lewis in them?
0: Uh, one I don't, I don't know. I was just flipping channels and I saw him and went, yeah, too bad. The other one was The Wrong Guys. With uh, I
1: remember that. Louis
0: Anderson. Well, first of all, as bad as that movie is, look at this cast. you got Tim Thomerson, Uh Louis Anderson, Richard Lewis, Richard Belzer, Brian James, John Goodman, Ernie Hudson in a comedy. That's a great cast, with the exception of Richard Lewis.
1: Uh, Richard Lewis, I... You know, here's my thing on Richard. Lewis. He did it. He he was in a movie called Drunks that was pretty good. Uh, I lo- I do enjoy his his stand up, and sometimes when I see him on TV uh, and he's talk and he's he's being interviewed, it, it's it's okay. But other times, you know, and I don't necessarily for this necessarily because because I'm very ADD as well. But he he rarely finishes a thought when you see him uh, anymore. When you see him get interviewed, like. uh like, I watched him on Olbermann and I watched him on The Daily Show. While certain parts of it's funny, he really needs, he really, like, it's a good thing that he had those people interviewing him because they ch- would try to keep him on on target, but he, he rarely ever finishes a thought. and talks very, very fast and doesn't finish what he's, and doesn't really finish what he's talking about. I can sympathize with that. Um, I can as well. I mean, anyone who hard. listens
0: to this show can sympathize with sometimes us on this.
1: A, sometimes it makes him a little hard to watch, but other times I do find him funny, not, not necessarily in something like <laughs> Wagons East. Or, well, see, you know. my,
0: my problem is, and, you know, I complain a lot about actors that play the same character in every movie. Yeah. He literally does this. Every character, I'm neurotic, oh my God, do I buy the bug spray? Why didn't I buy the bug spray in New York? A $1.99, oh my God, they're totally ripping. You know, he plays the exact same, I'm totally neurotic in every single film and TV show I've ever seen him in.
1: Yeah, and my thing on that is, is I don't mind it as long as I like that Character, you know, because there are, there are actors who were pretty similar in a lot of movies, but I don't really fault them for it because hey, it's I I enjoy it, you know, like Seagal or you know actors like that. But you know, it's a character I enjoy, so I don't really mind. But at the uh, the flip side of that, yeah, there there are actors who I give crap for that too, like Michael Sarah. <laughs> it's a well, character that 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 honestly, yeah, kind of annoys me anymore. So
0: you, you brought up Seagal. I like the fact that modern Seagal has taken to the fact that he's become an almost William Shatner sort of self-parody. Have you seen the Onion movie? Yeah, Cockpuncher. Cockpuncher. He is hilarious as Cockpuncher, and Uh he seems totally in on the joke. Yeah. Or or those Mountain Dew commercials where he's an inept moron and accidentally uh, foils the robbery. Those are brilliant. Yeah. I love... I think it was Mountain Dew. I might be wrong, but...
1: It d- was Mountain Dew. It was Mountain those Dew. Those are yes.
0: hilarious when he's making fun of the fact that he's a fat, washed-up nobody now.
1: And I wish that that kind of humor in, those, in, in that commercial and and Cockpuncher, you know, I wish that kind of energy was in his current movies. It's just not. Like... I I uh the the last few movies of his, his that I watched uh that were yeah um, among his most recent man is he I mean to say that he's sleepwalking through it is is uh, to say that he's sleepwalking is giving offense a, a to a good night's sleep but
0: No you want to see a sleepwalker Michael Madsen and Blood Rain
1: Oh yeah I haven't seen Blood Rain He
0: literally at any moment you expect him just to fall over from being asleep in that r- role
1: well, my my friend Sarah, she had never she hadn't seen any of his his earlier stuff, the good stuff. We were, we were watching one of his more recent ones, and and like thirty minutes in, we're like, oh my god! Um, so we shut it off, and she had mentioned like she said something like, uh, how were these movies popular once? And Brian and I were like, oh, you think this is? Oh, this is not the Seagal that we grew up with. Oh, trust me, this is not this is barely even the same person. So we put in uh we put in Marked for Death. His best little, movie like, by the way. Oh, Marked for Death is awesome. I love Marked for Death. And uh we get a little bit into that and Sarah is like like it's like I'm watching two different Wh- whatever happened to this guy? This is awesome. So in like about a a week's time we watched all of his earlier ones. Well, uh,
0: did you show her executive decision where he gets killed in the fifth, first fifteen minutes?
1: I think Brian. Uh, I think Brian might have. I don't think I was there for. The, I don't think I was there for that one.
0: Because I actually was a little disappointed because his character was actually kind of cool in that movie.
3: I, was, I know. Right? I was actually
0: I a little movie. disappointed he got killed t- that early. I was too. I
1: saw that movie in the theater and I was pissed. <laughs> yeah, it's like th- wait, this isn't a Steven Seagal movie. Like no. I, I, I knew. I pretty much knew going in that it was more that it was, was going to be more of a Kurt Russell movie because the poster had, like, all the names and then and Steven Seagal. Yeah. You know, it said the and Steven Seagal thing. So I, I did know going in that, like, okay, this is probably more Kurt Russell's, Kurt Russell's flick than Steven Seagal's, but, but still, 15 minutes in, oh, man. At least he dies a hero, though. He does. He, he does die, die heroically.
0: very heroically. Stupidly, but heroically.
1: We're not going to make it! You are... Thump.
0: But <laughs> but have you seen Against the Dark?
1: The vampire one,
0: yeah. Yeah. You can tell during some of the action scenes that it's not even him doing the action thing. All of a sudden, he gets skinny. Yeah. So, you know, the stuntman, they couldn't even put a fake belly on him to match Seagal's bulk. That's just sad. And and by the way, Seagal, that, that to me, if you, if you look at the trailer, that's billed as a Steven Seagal movie. He's Yo, in what
1: he's twenty in
0: minutes max of the movie. Most of it near the end. Yeah, that's not a Steven Seagal movie. He, no, it's a no, movie no, Steven no, Seagal happens to be in.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, I, I I didn't like I I I didn't like that one at all. I mean i I still enjoy uh, I still enjoy the Van Damme movies.
0: Well, if you want to show Sarah Seagal at his prime, show her the bar scene from Out for Justice.
1: Oh yeah, we showed her Out for Justice. Out <laughs> for Justice is probably my favorite Seagal movie. Good Seagal
2: movies, I would say... What was the one where he, he was in prison?
0: Oh, Half Past half Dead? Dead? God! That was horrible!
1: <laughs> That's a terrible movie.
0: The Wirework. You, you know which one actually surprised me for about the first 45 minutes of being decent? was Exit Wounds.
1: The first half hour or so of it was okay, because it. that one, uh, a couple of times, it came across like he was sort of spoofing his own image a little bit. Like, you know, they're sending him to like, an anger management class and, and yeah. whatnot, but yeah. overall, I didn't care for it.
0: See, that's... that's not counting Machete, not counting which, Machete, by the which way, he's great in, great in Machete.
1: Oh, he was awesome in Machete. He has one
0: yeah. of the best death scenes I've ever seen in Machete.
1: Uh-huh.
0: <laughs> I mean, okay, slight spoiler alert for anyone who hasn't seen Machete yet. He kills himself because he's just so unbeatable that Machete can't do it, so he just kind of kills himself, and he's like, I'll just do it myself. See you in hell. And he stabs himself and dies.
3: Yeah, <laughs> that's just so
0: awesome. <laughs> now that's the guy that's in on the in on the damn joke.
1: Yeah, he was having a great. time I like I like that because it was it was the first time in a long time that it looked like Seagal was having a good time.
0: Well, and that was also was, that was also last theatrical, last theatrical movie theatrical since movie. Uh, Exit since uh,
1: Exit no, since Half Past Dead.
0: No, Exit Wounds was after Half Past Dead, I think.
1: No, Exit Wounds was first. Really. Really? Yeah, Exit Wounds was before Half-Past Dead. Okay. Because Exit Wounds, he actually got in a little bit of shape for, a little bit. Yeah, he wasn't, um, yeah, that's he wasn't, right, he, wasn't fat, he wasn't fat yet. Yeah, but Exit Wounds, he he was. The thing- yeah, Exit Wounds came out like a year or two after, or uh, excuse me, uh, Half-Past Dead, he was pr- pretty big in that, and Half-Past Dead came out like a year or two after Exit Wounds.
0: To me, the biggest disappointing moment in Half-Past Dead was that Bruce Weiss was in the movie. I mean, Belker from Hill Street? Did you really need to be in this? You were Mick Belker on Hill Street Blues. You don't need to be in this movie, Bruce Weiss.
1: Damn you. Get this in here real quick. Uh, Jared, did you want to talk about your uh, new friends on the comments pages?
2: Oh, right, yeah, yeah. Were they
0: being mean Um, to you, Jared? Huh? Were they being mean to you, Jared?
2: (laughs) They were. No, um... (laughs) See the, this this new uh, project that we're doing on the com is uh Brad me and like a a few uh, numerous people. I I guess it, I guess it's safe to uh, safe to assume Brian is is another regular on that, isn't he? I mean Yeah. He he'll go to each one. Okay, so 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 it's me, Brian and uh Brad and and a few tagalongs of uh, from various weeks, they'll go see a movie that they want to go see, and then they'll send me to a movie that they think is going to be just awful. And it's so far, it's been it, it's been Bridesmaids and Kung Fu Panda Two. Both of them were really good, you know. And <laughs> um,
1: <laughs> the one we went to go see sucked. And the ones we went to go see sucked. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> boy,
0: so, you didn't think your cunning plan all the way through, did you, Brad?
1: Oh well, I knew Priest was gonna. I knew Priest was gonna suck. I just knew I would rather watch that than a Kristen Wiig movie. <laughs> so, so,
0: so
2: we go uh, after the movies. We we pile in the car. We uh, we get out the camera and we just you know we shoot these uh, reviews for them. And uh, what seems to be the theme is whenever. Uh, Whenever I'm giving my review, they're in the uh, they're in the car, just razzing me, you know, interrupting, making jokes uh, as to uh, off of what I say, and and uh, I guess some of the fans aren't aren't uh, taking it very well because
1: well, they're... it's based more on it's based more on just. The, because they would be doing the same thing no matter who was talking about those movies i mean i mean those those of us in the video those of us in the car in the video like yeah. if it was me sitting there talking about bridesmaids or something like that, i would We're... you know be, the the other people in the video would be chiming in and making smart ass remarks too
2: well and um and and the thing is uh i i guess i'll I'll say this right now to all the fans listening i I, I do appreciate uh, the the concerns, but it, it really is all just in fun and 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 you know it's uh, it's it's not really that big a deal.
1: Well, and and these the midnight screening videos are less reviews per se and more we're all just hanging out and going to go see midnight showings and here's you know right. kind of a discussion on it sort of and you know it's a group of us there so. Eventually, we're going to be joking around and giving each other crap.
0: Well, at least you know you got people in your corner, Jared. That's yeah, true.
2: yeah. And like I said, I I appreciate it. I I do appreciate it because I I will say that from time to time it, it does get kind of annoying, especially whenever I've got ADD and and people are making jokes and comments and I'm too busy laughing at them and then realize, okay, where was I again?
1: <laughs> well, right. that's because I've got I've got ADD. And, yeah, I've got I've got ADD too, so usually I'm pretty good at trying to get back on topic. Yeah. Like in the Kung Fu Panda one a couple of times, I was like, all right, so what about Kung Fu Panda 2? Yeah, yeah,
2: exactly. And you you were even like, how was the 3D? And I'm like, oh, yeah, 3D was good. And, yeah. and that's all I said was it was good.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, Brad, there was a weird sense of simpatico with something you put up on your site. You know, keep in mind, we're recording this... We're recording this on May 26th, okay? Yeah. And you just put up your review of pieces. Yeah, yeah. That night, literally six hours earlier, I picked up a VHS of pieces for a dollar at Goodwill. Oh, ah! did you? And I just thought how funny that was that I just got home, and then I see your reviews up, and I'm like, that's kind of creepy. Oh, yeah,
2: oh, if, you guys, if you guys haven't seen the review for pieces, see it. It is... Hilarious. Brad makes so many pod people references. Although, I,
0: although Brad, I really didn't yeah. need to see you shirtless.
1: I'm sure you did.
2: <laughs> no, I didn't. Oh, he was
1: naked, sir. <laughs> okay, we didn't looked,
0: see the naked. We only saw the top naked.
1: <laughs> did see the naked, but when I bent down, I actually did take my pants off. I actually was naked there at the end of it. I didn't need to um, know that which either. Is time, uh, which is the second time I've been actually naked. Okay. the the uh the dancing on the porch I had boxers on, but when I when it showed that when the in the violent episode when I'm sitting there reading the newspaper in the nude I was actually I actually was naked there, and when I was showering in the Dracula the dirty old man one I had the suit jacket on, but other than that I was naked.
0: Well, you know what's really funny? Let, let's uh
1: go you off showered of... with your suit
2: jacket
0: on. It was part of the game.
1: Yeah, one of the gags in the uh um Dracula the Dirty Old Man video. I,
2: I don't remember that part. I'll have to rewatch
1: that. I'll well, show it l- to you. Let's
0: get off Brad being naked because I don't want to talk about that. Hey, um, a lot
1: of people get off on me being naked.
0: <laughs> Alright, I set myself up for that one, I'm sorry. <laughs> I walked I walked into the target on that one. <laughs> so I don't bl- I don't blame you for taking that shot.
1: But I love I love the movie Pieces That Pieces I've always really loved that movie.
0: Well, okay, this is the second tape I've got from E.D. Entertainment. Remember when I was talking about that Zombie 2 that was actually called Zombie 2? Yeah. That was from yeah. E.D. Entertainment. And this is the only other tape I've ever seen in my possession from E.D. Entertainment. And oh, what, wow. Nice. And this is a really cheaply thrown together tape. Because first, yeah. you know, on the spine, it shows the killer with the chainsaw in one picture. It says pieces. Yeah. And then at the top, it says Christopher George. But the picture is Edward, Edmund Perdam. Yeah. And I'm like, that's not Christopher George. <laughs>
3: yeah.
0: <laughs> and then when they're talking about it on the back, no co ed is safe as a chainsaw wielding killer roams a college campus. Picture of Edwin, Edmund Perdam. Yeah, because he's the killer.
1: A picture of him, like, actually giving away that he's the killer?
0: No, it just, it, no, it just it, the, the description the right description as they right talk as about they talk the killer, about and, about and then there's immediately his, his immediately photo. His... Oh. You know, oh, just okay. as one of the photos on the back, and I'm kind of like, subliminal at all? <laughs> I just thought I mean, that was I, kind of funny
1: I mean I gave it away that it was Edmund Verdum, but It's
0: also pretty obvious when you watch the movie It's Edmund Perdom it, It's
1: completely obvious when you watch the movie That he's going to end up being the killer But There's I mean, no I, suspense I gave it away yes. in my video But I, I give away the entire movie In all of my videos
0: <laughs> See the only, thing, the only thing About pieces that's, really, piece weird that's, weird that's really weird is When the girl gets killed in the shower that is, It just feels so brutal
3: yeah. You know, when she's yeah. getting
0: sliced through the side and stuff. It just It's one of those few times you go, you know, with a slasher flick. Uh, just tonight, I showed my son Twilight Zone the movie. And keep in mind, oh, he's, yeah. he's 17. He wasn't creeped out at all by that gremlin on the wing. And I'm going, <laughs> okay, maybe the fact that I saw it when it was in the theater, I was eight years old. Maybe the fact that I saw it in a darkened movie theater. I don't uh-huh. understand how a kid cannot see that and not just be creeped out. That thing is so creepy on the wing.
1: It still creeps the hell out of me. Yeah. Did you see that one, Jerry? Which one? Twilight Zone, one Jared? Twilight Zone the movie?
0: Twilight Zone the movie with the uh, John Lithgow with the gremlin on the wing?
2: I don't think I've seen the original. No. What did didn't they make a remake? This well, is the
0: 1983 movie. The original starred William Shatner in one of the episodes. Yeah, and the, the creature right. was really goofy looking in the original episode.
2: Right, right. Yeah. But didn't we Okay, I'm I'm trying to think. Didn't they make a, a remake of that?
0: No, The Simpsons did a parody of it with Bart on the bus. Maybe you're right, thinking of that,
2: right? Yeah. No, I'm I'm thinking they, I'm thinking I saw like a, a remake of the
1: Twilight
0: no Zone. no they've never remade that episode uh, since the movie. Okay,
1: but yeah, the, I mean the movie was a remake of that episode. Yeah,
0: but, but I mean that creature seeing it again tonight, I'm gonna have nightmares. By the way, just thinking about that, I'm not gonna be able okay. to look out my window if it storms but yeah. the creature, the way it moves it's got this weird fluidity of movement when it's on the wing and then when he's leaning out the window after he shoots the window out and the thing comes over and touches his face the way it f- flies off almost like a glide it's just yeah. so damn creepy it is and then, and then when you see <laughs> what...
2: something out of my yard
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: something That's out of my sick. yard
0: well, and then when you see the wing at the end and the damage it did. And it's got these, like, claw marks all upside the wing, the, or not the wing, the engine. Yeah. I'm sorry. That's a creepy-ass segment.
1: It is. I agree. and it, I mean, it certainly helps in my case, too, because I'm terrified of flying.
0: You're so. never taking a window seat, are you?
1: No, actually, I do take windows. when I go on a plane, I do take the window seats because...
0: If one of the engines falls off, you want to see it, huh?
1: Well... It, it it's it's bizarre, It, it it's really weird, uh, I am terrified of flying, I don't like doing it uh, at all but I prefer to have a window seat because oh. sometimes if I do look out the window, it can calm me down a little bit at least I know what my surrounding is, you know, at least I can look and see what my surrounding is other than, you know just if I was cooped up in the middle of the thing and not being able to see what was outside or anything and just knowing that I'm 50 miles up in the sky.
0: Have you ever heard George ever heard Carlin's George, uh, thing on his, uh, thing flying? Thing
1: on... I don't think so.
0: Sudden loss of, you know, and they start talking about sudden of loss of cabin way. pressure. You know what that means? Roof flies off.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <All
3: right. laughs>
0: so I'm going to end on the George Carlin cuz we got to go. Um I'm going to say good night. We really didn't talk about anything substantial. We just bitched about stuff and I got no problem with that. Check out twel- right. Yeah. 1201beyond at gmail.com or 1201beyond.blogspot.com, the and check out the game report, if Jared ever puts another one up, over on Facebook.
2: Or or blip.tv slash foil wrap.
0: There you go. So I'm saying goodnight.
2: Good night. Good night.
3: Hand me a prayer book. I need to be forgiven. I'm not even diving I'm just being driven But if I a potential to send inspiration from a devil, I'm full of temptation. I got a passion for trouble, hear the silence creep. I wanna go somewhere where I never.